Welcome to The Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories about everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. I'm your host, Chien. I love hearing how much all of you are connecting with the real-life stories that we're telling here on The Good Budget Way. I'm super excited to see all of you subscribing and rating that podcast, too. Welcome to the seventh episode of Eleven on Season 1 on The Good Budget Way. Last time, we heard from yours truly and my husband, Bruce. We shared our story of going from no kids to one to two, how we budgeted for baby and figured out whether we'd both keep working or who would take care of our kids. Along the way, we got to practice gratitude and enjoy deeper relationships within our own family as well as with other folks in our community. So if you're interested in budgeting with kids, go back and give it a listen. I'm looking forward to sharing today's conversation with you. We've got three guests on. Brendan, who at the time of our recording was about to start his freshman year in college, together with his parents, Danny and Cindy. In this episode, you'll hear how they saved for the big expense of college, adapted along the way, and figured out how to pay for college when they knew savings alone wouldn't be enough. Let's get into it. Hey there, thanks for coming in today. It's good to be here. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. All right, so would the three of you let us know your names and just tell us a little bit about yourselves? My name is Brendan. Uh, I'm going into college, and I'm 18 years old. Congratulations. Thank you. My name is Danny, and I am Brendan's father. And my name is Cindy, and I am Brendan's mother. We have two other kids. We have um, a nine-year-old and an almost 16-year-old. Cool. So Brendan, Danny, and Cindy are here to tell us um, the story of Brendan getting ready to go to college, applying to schools, figuring out um, how you're going to pay for college, which is a really big expense. Um, so let's kind of go way back in time to when Brendan was really young. Um, when did you two, Danny and Cindy, start thinking about or saving for college? Well, actually, it was our um, Cindy's dad, Brendan's grandpa, that got us started. Um, he started an account for Brendan and put some money into it and encouraged us to add to it. I think given the choices we've made with our lives, we about, with our work we're both pastors and our just other choices we knew that we probably weren't going to save what college would cost but we felt like we could just set aside what we had that we felt like we had that would be faithful yeah that's interesting i think sometimes people can feel like oh college costs so much like let's just not even try or to save at all because we can't save it all and but you chose to do something that you felt like you could. So how did you think about um, kind of balancing your different kinds of long-term savings goals, right? Because you, you're you thinking about saving for college some, a certain amount, and then I assume that you're also thinking about, you know, retirement for yourselves. Well, if, well, and we did, we looked on the internet and you have all these advice giving sites. And that's when we felt like, oh, we could we actually, if we followed what these guys say as uh, general rule, we actually can't save enough in all those areas. And so we decided to just, like um, Cindy said, start saving towards all those and give to them um, on a monthly basis. And there were different points at which we chose not to either do retirement or college savings for a season because we had other things. For example, we planted a church and we wanted to give more money to that. And so we stop doing those things for a season of time because we wanted to do something else. And then we returned back. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, one of the things that we say um, at the Good Budget Way is both adapt along the way and stick with it. 
So I think I hear in you, you know, there were other things that came up that were more important to you in certain seasons of your lives, like this planning a church together. Um, and you adapted your financial plan to kind of go in that direction. And then when that season changed again, you kind of went back to the plan you had before um, rather than kind of pausing and letting the pause become a stop on the college or retirement savings, but going back to it when you felt like your family was ready to do that. And was it ever hard? We had to have some conversations that we had um, purchased our own home. So then just deciding how much on top of our actual mortgage would we put in. But as we get closer to actually having to pay for college, mm -hmm. that that amount has changed. I see. So you have a regular mortgage payment that you're required to make, and mm -hmm. then you would like to pay ahead a little bit, mm -hmm. but you might play with that depending on the cost of college. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's you're not thinking about them completely separately, but they're kind of like these three big expenses in your budget, um, retirement, mortgage, college, there's probably others, but those kind of work together and you're balancing them together. Yeah. So let's kind of move forward in time um, to when you started talking with Brendan more directly about colleges. When was that? The fall of his junior year, we, we did a campus visit in the beginning of his junior year, basically saying, okay, you should probably start thinking about what kinds of schools you want to apply to. And we gave him a book to look at, which he didn't. Which he didn't read. It, no, <laughs> not until December of his senior year. Um, but so that's partly why I started to take him to look at some schools. Uh-huh. How did you think about which schools to take him to visit? For me, I I knew that we weren't going to do some huge extensive tour of the country. I more tried to set up, this was spring break of his junior year, just different kinds of schools. So he would get a feeling for different kinds of schools. So we could drive. Um, so we, we went to Cal Poly, which is a state school that's kind of meet, oh, decently large. And then we went to Westmont, which is a small Christian school school to give him experience of what a small private school would be like, what a larger state school would be like. I see. So during spring break, you kind of visited several campuses just to get a feel of like, what's a big school like? What's a small school like? Public school, private school, just to have some categories, even though it wasn't like you were saying, okay, these are the schools you have to choose from. Mm -hmm. Right. And also Brendan was interested in engineering. And so he and his dad specifically went to a talk about engineering just to help him have categories for these are the different kinds of engineering you would choose from. This is what it might look like if you went into an engineering program. Mm -hmm. He could do his own research yeah. on the internet or books or whatnot, mm -hmm. um, but kind of be able to then imagine what might that actually look like in real life. Yeah. So at that stage in the game, Brendan's a junior spring. What were you thinking about how you might pay for college? Because some of these schools that you're naming, some of the private schools, and I think also some of the public schools are fairly expensive, right? So what were you thinking about the finances at that point? My thinking was that college is going to cost a certain amount. There's certainly a range and that our approach isn't going to be just let's go the cheapest route. Mm -hmm. Because if, if that were the case, mm -hmm. then going to our local community college mm -hmm. would have been the cheapest route. Just do that for two years and then mm -hmm. transfer you, save a lot of money, live at home. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about it as as a whole, we wanted him to go to a four-year school if possible and that just puts us in a certain kind of range mm -hmm. and in my own mind everything was being compared to going to a uh, university of california mm -hmm. school the public so. school i think i realized from the beginning if you just look at the price tag for any university even our state schools mm -hmm. i was not sure we could afford that just the sticker price mm -hmm. but what i had been told by a number of people was don't worry about that. Just apply because you don't know what kind of aid you will get. 
Mm. And that had worked out to be true. So we actually had talked to Brendan about the option. If we end up not being able to afford any options, mm. we may need to look at going to city for two years and transferring. And we were open to that. But we, we thought, well, we just need to go through the process and see where we end up. Mm-hmm. Danny and I did talk about what we thought we could afford Mm-hmm. to give to him. Mm-hmm. We knew that, but we knew that wasn't enough to pay for anywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we knew there would have to be money coming from other places, uh-huh. financial aid or loans or working or something. Yeah, that's interesting because you're saying you kind of had a picture of the relative price range of the schools that, that Brendan might consider. And then you had saved some money, but you knew that that wasn't going to be enough. Um but then you had gotten advice from other families, right, that you kind of can't know how much it's actually going to cost your family until you apply, go through the whole process, see where you get accepted, see what financial aid packages they offer. And then at that point, it's easier to know what it's really going to look like financially for you. And that turned out to be very true mm-hmm. in our experience. I think for me, at that point during my junior year, I wasn't really thinking about finances. Like my mom said, I think I was just going to look at places that I felt could be a good fit for me. And then I was just going to apply and see what happened and then worry about it later. Mm-hmm. And I would say we encouraged him to do that. Although from the beginning, I think I think you knew that we didn't have the money to cover it. So there yeah. was going to have to be money either from working or loans or other sources from you mm-hmm. or, or scholarships or whatever. Mm-hmm. We purposely tried to allow Brandon to have freedom to apply wherever and not have the cost be the reason he didn't apply somewhere. Mm. <clears throat> I think that's interesting too, because it's not like as parents, you, Danny and Cindy, weren't aware of the cost situation, but you, even knowing that and knowing that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know which schools might be affordable or not for your family, you still were making space for Brendan to go through the process and explore different colleges and probably in the process learn about himself. And then when it got closer to actual decision time, then you would bring in those factors more with him. Yeah. Um, So you mentioned loans a little bit ago. Did you get any advice at this stage around how to think about how much loans to take out or not? Yeah, when we visited um, Westmont College during my junior year, we met with a financial aid guy down there, and he said that you shouldn't ever take out more loans than you expect to make in your first year. So that was kind of like a benchmark for us to compare against. So in your first year out of college, like whatever your salary might be. Yes, you shouldn't take more loans than that amount. Hmm. Which is very helpful because Brendan's thinking a pretty wide range of what he might do. So if he was to go into engineering, he could Mm -hmm. make a fair amount out of his first year, which therefore he could borrow quite a bit more than he's also thought about nonprofits or ministry, which he would not make very much money, in which case he would Mm -hmm. not want to take a very big loan. And that also puts some of the, you know, like he's thinking about it um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to word discerning. So, I mean, sounds like in junior year, you did some visiting, you thought about some colleges, you're kind of simultaneously having some conversation around finances, and then senior year comes, and then in the fall, you have to apply to colleges. Yes. Um, so how did you think about which colleges to apply to? When we visited University of Portland, uh, I think I liked it because it was smaller, but not too small, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, the campus was small enough that you could get around and get to know people, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, there's only a couple people here and me and it's gonna be terrible (laughs) what if I don't like the two people yeah exactly I really liked it and they also had engineering so they were one of the smaller schools that did offer engineering in the first part of my senior year I was going to apply to a couple colleges early action after visiting Westmont and University of Portland and liking them I decided to apply to both of those places Mm -hmm. and then I also wanted to apply to Stanford just to see if I could get in so I also applied there Mm -hmm. Um, and then at the same time the state school applications were due 
I picked four that I knew had the program that I was looking for mm-hmm. and also were in places that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like you had kind of a variety of schools that you applied to. Some mm-hmm. were private, some were public. Mm-hmm. Um, you did think about locations that you could imagine yourself being in as mm-hmm. well as programs that you'd want to actually do for a major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that's w- where finances was a little bit at play at this point because we found out after visiting that for s- schools that have rolling admission or some schools that have early admission, it puts you in the running for merit-based scholarships and other money that you're not in the running for if you wait till the end. So yeah. that's why University of Portland and Westmont, that was one of the bigger reasons. Why we applied early. Why we applied early was in the hope that we'd get some of those scholarships. That's interesting. I don't know, a pretty practical tip for people who are, are looking for scholarship mm-hmm. money and, and potentially kind of larger chunks of scholarship money from from the colleges directly Mm -hmm. um, is that some of them prefer you to apply early so then they'll consider you so then it sounds like there was some influence of finances at this point more for timing than like which colleges because earlier you were also talking about you know just apply because you won't really know until you get your financial aid package which is after you get accepted Mm -hmm. brandon what was the hardest part for you about actually doing the applications the essays they're really hard what was hard about the essays writing for me is not always my strongest uh, ability. So having to write so many essays in such a short period of time uh-huh. was really difficult. And about it's also yourself. About myself. <laughs> so it's, I think that even made it harder that I had to write about myself. Yeah. Well, and then other people are going to judge you. Right. Right. It's not, you're not just writing to write. No. And, and I, and then I need to get feedback from a teacher, go back and then reread it and then rethink about almost, it's like rethinking about your life and like, <laughs> Yeah. Am I putting the right parts of my life forward? And that's that's hard. Yeah. Um, I can imagine there's also a little bit of like, what have I done with my life so far? Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that made it really hard. Yeah. I could see that. I think a lot of students have a, have a hard time with that. It's kind of the first time you really have to write about yourself and then other people are going to read it and judge you on it. Um, so you said you applied early, um, to a few schools. When did you hear back from them? Yeah, I heard back from all three of them early December. I got accepted to University of Portland and, um, Westmont College, but not Stanford. Mm. And how did you feel about that? Because it sounded like Stanford was kind of like your stretch school. Well, I'm going to apply just to see if I can get in. Yeah, well, I did, I wanted to go there. I thought it might be possible for me to go there. So I was disappointed and a little sad. I yeah. didn't get in. It's an emotional roller coaster. That's what people told me ahead of time, and it's very true. So I think having to put forward your life in a way that where you're trying to get accepted somewhere is just mm-hmm. a, a difficult thing, and then you're putting that forward, and then it's accepted or rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, just like either yes or no. It's yeah. like nothing else. Well, you I mean, you can get on wait lists, but that's almost worse. <laughs> so I think watching him go through his up and downs you know, as a parent, it's hard to watch. And then you also, at least for me, you know, you can feel like it's a little bit of a referendum on, on your own raising of your child. Like, Mm. have you done well by them? Mm. So So, it almost feels like you're being judged as a parent. Or Um, I don't know if I felt like I was being judged. I more was in my own reflection about it. Have mm, I, mm. have I, um, given him really what was best? So for us as Christians, we had made a number of decisions that probably didn't set him up to go to to get into the like top name schools, mm. um, and so just con- uh, 
having those really seeing that clearly the cost mm-hmm. of some of the choices that we'd made in our mm-hmm. lives that um is the reason that he's in the schools he's in and and some done some things he's done but yeah i was still excited that i got into the two other schools because mm-hmm. i really like portland and both of them gave him their highest level of merit scholarship at that point mm-hmm. yeah that's got to feel pretty good right mm-hmm. you got some you got into a couple schools that you liked um and got some uh, merit scholarship so what did you decide at that point about whether you might go to one of those two that you got into well i was waiting to hear back from all the other schools but at that point i think i really liked portland but even though i did get a lot of scholarship it was still pushing what we could afford Hmm. so i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to go there yeah what was the sticker price on the college for university of portland i believe 63 oh it was 63 yeah $63,000 a year. Oh my goodness. And then you said you got like a pretty chunky scholarship. How much was that? Yeah, I got about $30,000 in scholarship and then a little bit of merit. That's crazy. Not merit, sorry, grant money. Mm -hmm. So you have like over $30,000 in grant money, scholarship money, but still there's like still another (laughs) $30,000 to go to pay for the sticker price. Yes. That's that's a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting. Like what you all were saying earlier about like apply, see where you get in, find out what the price for your family is actually going to be because you really, you could get a lot of grant money or scholarship money, like $30,000 a year is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But it still ends up being that the, the cost of your family to- is still thirty another $30,000. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did feel though that when they were offering, you know, $30,000 in merit scholarship, I, I thought that it was pretty generous. Oh I mean, yeah. It, yeah. It, it didn't put us as close as we would like, but it it did open up my eyes to that a small private college would actually be able to do that. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think at that point we said, we have 10,000 a year um, that we can give you. Um, That's, we actually don't know how we'll do the fourth year, but we're trusting God for that. But at this point, that's Uh what we have. (laughs) Uh Um, And then it looks like between working and loans, like we can do this Mm. um, just so he knew because I did feel like at some point he was like, I don't know if we can afford anything. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to relieve him of that. Mm-hmm. First, that conversation helped me just see that um, I could go to college and my siblings wouldn't be like eating just top ramen or something, <laughs> <laughs> which I knew wouldn't happen. But uh-huh. some, somehow I'm, I thought that. But you had that anxiety. Yeah. So did you think about going there? Like maybe take out more loans to make make it work or something? Work, yes. Work more hours? So I got accepted to the their... Um, school of engineering mm-hmm. so I knew that I could get a relatively high paying job out of college mm-hmm. if I really wanted to go to University of Portland I knew that I could take out more loans and mm-hmm. then be able to actually pay them off mm-hmm. relatively or not in like a really long time mm-hmm. and so how did you think about that option I realized that if I was going to have to be working for five or six years in engineering mm-hmm. um, after I graduated I wasn't sure I wanted to do that because I still wasn't and still am not sure that I want to do engineering with the rest of my life or even for that long after college. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to be so tied up and I wanted to have uh, maybe a little more freedom to explore what I'm, what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like you're, you had a value for flexibility in mm-hmm. terms of what your major might be as well as what kinds of jobs you could consider after college. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're taking the long view about how to think about student loans Yeah. Um, versus like, okay, this is this college I really want to go to. I think it's going to be a great experience and like really focusing on those four years and how, to, how can I make that work financially um, but thinking a little bit further out, like after college um, and 
and kind of thinking about student loans in the context of that, the time period when you're going to be paying it off versus mm-hmm. just the time period that you're going to be using them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you decided not to go to University of Portland. Yes. Um, and then you you said you're waiting to hear back from more colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you hear, when did you hear back from the other colleges? Most of the other colleges I heard back from in March of my senior year. So I got into a couple more state schools, University of California schools, um, and then I also got into Cal Poly. Um, so I think for me, I kind of grouped them into two two categories. So one was engineering schools or like schools that I got accepted in for engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would be engi- doing engineering for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the others were all liberal arts mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. So then I think I was kind of debating like which of the engineering schools, which one would I want to go to? Mm-hmm. And then of the liberal arts schools, which one would I want to go to? And I, I think I ended up picking one because I really like the Cal Poly campus. Mm-hmm. And then the other two, um, they were both more expensive. I didn't quite feel like quite like I could stay there as mm-hmm. well as as much as I did at Cal Poly. How about out of the liberal arts group? Between them, um, I, I preferred Westmont just because it was a Christian school um, and I felt like I could grow in my faith there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had also, uh, oh, a couple months after I got accepted, um, I was invited to visit um, and compete for another scholarship, mm-hmm. um, which was more than the scholarship that I already had. And I, I ended up getting the scholarship. That also made me more lean towards Westmont. Uh, because of the money or because of something about that scholarship program in particular? Um, I think the scholarship, both. Um, so the money made it more like financially doable. But when I was down there, I got to meet a lot of people um, who were really great people. And I really liked the professors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to have like a, a mock class um, and like sit in on other classes and have a one-on-one time with a professor. So I think that really... Um, it gave me like more of a sense of what the campus was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since I kind of like make decisions by experiencing things, I think I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the program, um, I think also would let me grow in my faith. It's like a special uh, honors kind of thing mm-hmm. where you take uh, a class with a group of people for mm-hmm. four years mm-hmm. um, and then it pushes your thinking about Christian doctrine and um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so... So then you have these two schools left, mm-hmm. right? There's Cal Poly from the engineering group, and there's mm-hmm. West Westmont from the liberal arts group. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they compare financially at that point? At that point, uh, there were only about, what, four? Only a couple thousand. Okay, a couple thousand off from each other. So they're about the same. Okay, so close in terms mm-hmm. of cost to your family. Yes. So was it easy to decide between these two? No. <laughs> it was really hard. What was hard about it? Um, I think... The hardest part was that I really wanted to go to both schools and <laughs> okay. I could really enjoy both schools. So you need to like um, have a time turner and be able to be in both places at the same time? Yes, that would be great. <laughs> okay, but that but that's not possible because no. we don't live in a that world. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what did you what did you do to try to sort out, you know, your your tension between really mm. wanting to be in both places? I think I talked to current students and alumni at both places uh-huh. um, about both places. Um and then, well, kind of when I was sitting in class, I would think about, well, if I was sitting at Cal Poly right now, what would that be like? Would I want to go there? And I'd be like, yeah, I want to go there. But then in like two classes later, I'd be like, well, if I was sitting at Westmont, what would it be like? Oh, yeah, I would want to go there more. <laughs> so I kind of flip-flopped every day. Um, but I talked to a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the final kind of uh, almost 
the thing that pushed me towards Westmont um, was looking at the um, schedule for Cal Poly. Mm -hmm. They have this um, flowchart online that Mm -hmm. you show pick your major and then it'll show you the classes that you're required to take okay so Um, it's like a list of all the classes you're going to take for four years yes Uh and um for engineering it's pretty strict about what you're allowed to take because they want Uh you to take the classes and be done in four years and they give you a lot of experience Uh um in your in your field so after looking at that i saw that i was only going to have one or less electives a quarter oh okay and like um and maybe one English class a quarter, but like the big chunk of my classes or Uh actually more than like almost all of my classes would be engineering classes. Uh And then I think that felt a little restricting because I still at this point wasn't sure I wanted to do engineering. I see. So it's kind of like if you really love engineering, that's the school for you and and you'd really enjoy it Mm -hmm. academically. But if you like ever kind of thought, I don't know if I really want to do this, you'd be kind of hating it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, And so what about Westmont? Um, I think the visit to Westmont really, um, made me want to go there. The scholarship uh-huh. competition, just cause I was on campus for three days. Mm. Yeah. Three days and being hosted by current students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that time. And then mm-hmm. that also, that, that really pulled me there. Yeah. So you mentioned that you talked to a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, current and former students. Mm-hmm. What were some of the key conversations you had that helped you discern? Well, I talked to um, alumni from Cal Poly, mm-hmm. um, and I think they were the most adamant about wanting me to go to Cal Poly. <laughs> Every, everyone, usually, if you ask them, they think their college is the best. Right, that's true. Um, but they were they were like, yeah, it's the best, it's great. But then after talking to them, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good, but... I'm still not sure if I would want to go there. Yeah. So they really like tried to convince you. They did. But you still had doubts. Yeah. So I think eventually I just kind of picked a college and then sat with it for a week. Mm. So I picked Westmont and then I sat with it for a week and didn't have any misgivings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I waited another week and then I just said, okay, I'm going to go there. Yeah. So for you as parents, Danny and Cindy, how was it to watch Brendan go through this decision process? When he was actually deciding between the two, I think I was at that point pretty grateful that we had two options that we it looked like we could afford mm. that he wanted and would be good for him. So I was really glad about that. Mm-hmm. You, you would have felt comfortable with either decision, yes, both yes. in terms of you felt like it would be a good school for him as well as financials. financially it seemed doable. I think growing up in a immigrant family um our thinking for my college was where you go to a state school there's not really any other options and Mm -hmm. so the fact that that brendan had applied to got into and received a good amount of scholarship from private schools was already like wow Mm -hmm. and i think um in terms of my my faith i really did feel like each place um, that there were uh, several places that Brendan could go to that I could imagine being a really good place for him. And so mm-hmm. the choices between good and possibly better fit, but there's a lot of there were a lot of good choices. And then coming mm-hmm. down to the final two, they were both good choices and, for our family, affordable. Yeah, I think that's interesting perspective because I think sometimes um, it can feel like either there's only like one or two colleges that will be affordable kind of from the practical standpoint or kind of the there's only one or two colleges that are like really good um and then regardless of what happens if you don't get into like the ones that you think are going to be affordable or the ones that you think are quote unquote really good then you can kind of feel like well there's nothing good for me 
Um, but it sounds like you guys are putting forward this picture of like, there's actually potentially a lot of good choices um, that may also be affordable. Um, but it, it's not an easy process to find out what those might be for you and your family. But um, as you go through it, um, it sounds like you felt like you ended up with a couple of really good choices. Okay, so now we'll fast forward to today. Um, and so Brendan is about to start his freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you thinking as a family about who's responsible for what financially? Because Brendan's kind of beginning to be a young adult, um, but he's 18. So how are you thinking about that? And this is where kind of what you said before, I just feel like going through the process, we've been really, God has really provided for us in unexpected ways. So Mm. as I go through it with my second child, I think I'm going to go in more relaxed of like, okay, Mm. we'll see how God provides. But so we had said, uh, we want to give 10,000. If we have more, we'll give it. But at this point, we know Mm -hmm. we have that. Mm -hmm. And um, so then, you know, we had, and then he got, the scholarship from Westmont. And then he last minute applied for this other scholarship and got another 5,000 unexpectedly. Oh, wow. And then my parents um, said that we didn't know this either, mm-hmm. that they were going to pitch in another 5,000. So mm-hmm. he actually this year has almost everything covered without loans. Oh, wow. Except Yay. for the like tuition room and board. Mm-hmm. And so this year we're um, thinking that from work he will provide the his expenses while mm-hmm. he's down there like living expenses outside of tuition yeah. room and board. Yeah. And he's been working for a while now. And, and we had talked with him when he started work, even when we didn't know how much college would cost, mm-hmm. like that he would save a certain amount of that towards tuition or yeah. towards college. <clears throat> I see. So the, it wasn't kind of the assumption that um, either whatever Brendan earned would go straight to kind of the family pot of expenses for your family or that it would go straight to Brendan's pocket to spend however he liked, but that half of it would go towards college savings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and how has that kind of division um, of, you know, mom and dad are saying, okay, this is how much we think we can contribute. And then for the rest, you know, there's scholarships, you're going to work some. How has that affected how you think about how much to work? I was going to have to come up with a, well, more money than I ever imagined. Sure. Um, so I think that meant that I was definitely going to have to work during the summer. Um, and then I was working during the school year. Or I also opened my eyes to see how, like, if I could take out a loan to cover mm-hmm. what um, the difference might be between mm-hmm. what I have and what I need to pay. Mm-hmm. But if I do take out a loan, then I'm going to need to pay it back at some point. Mm-hmm. And if I take out, if I work more now and then... Um, have money to just pay it up front instead of having to take out a loan, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have as many loans and as much to pay back when I was done. Mm -hmm. Because I think even now, like probably the highest, one of the highest priorities for me is to be flexible. Mm -hmm. After I graduate, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to, um, like if I have a large chunk of loans that I need to pay off Mm -hmm. and I have to work really hard for a while, um, that will be hard. Yeah, and only certain kinds of jobs you would earn enough to pay. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking a little bit about, you know, who's responsible for what, practically speaking, um, are mom and dad going to write the tuition bill or the <laughs> tuition check or is Brendan going to do it? I think I am. Yeah. I think the way that we talked about it was that they'll give me the money that they have um, for college mm-hmm. and then it'll be in my bank account and then I'll write the check and I'll, I'll take it to the school. How are you feeling about that? That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I think the spirit of it is wanting him to more and more have ownership of he has a certain amount of money and he can choose how he spends it. Mm-hmm. I went to 
a private school um, and my we were paying the full amount. <laughs> so um, back then it was a lot less. Though. So I, I, I distinctly remember writing a check for 7,900 and I think it was 50 something dollars. I can still you remember. Can still, yeah. yeah. It was very yeah. important experience. Yeah. And, and then I had to, it was in the student union. Then I had to carry the check over to the counter and then I put it, you know, in the window and then they verified and gave me this receipt. And I just remember because that was just so much more money than I ever imagined uh-huh. ever being responsible for. Uh-huh. So even just making sure I got the check to the right place and didn't lose it somehow. I, <laughs> I don't think I knew at that point. For, this is the first time I even had my own checking account. So I didn't even know like losing a check is not the same necessarily as losing $7,000. But in cash, I mean, I sort of knew. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, just that it, I think it, it helped me feel the cost mm. more. Mm-hmm. It then it's just like paying cash you feel the cost more than if you use your credit card mm. i felt the cost more and i was more grateful mm. <laughs> to my parents that I, they gave me this much money that i could uh-huh. do this yeah it also helped me go to class because i would divide <laughs> up in my mind how much if i didn't go to class i was wasting <laughs> that's probably good <laughs> Uh, that's interesting because Brendan earlier said you said you're a little bit scared yeah. um, and it sounds like from Cindy's experience having a little bit of that fear actually years later you're grateful for mm-hmm. yeah yeah not that we want to scare people um, okay so it's almost time for school to start um, mm-hmm. how are you all feeling about this now I'm nervous I haven't lived away from home so that'll be a really big shift and I think the school population is very different than my high school population, um, ethnicity, class, everything. Mm. So it's going to be a really big culture shift for me, um, mm. and I, I'm nervous about that. Um, and then, so I think I'm nervous, but I'm also really excited because I'm going to be more independent than I've ever been, which mm-hmm. is also exciting and nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I'm excited to take classes that are higher-level um, and more focused than I've been taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and to also be around other students that want to be there and want to learn. Because mm. I think at my high school, there are a lot of kids who, they just want to sleep through class and barely pass <laughs> and then graduate. Some so, colleges have that too. Yeah. Well, hopefully there won't be as many. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll miss him. Um, I'm glad that he's in California and also not that many hours drive away i'm also glad for the curriculum that he'll be able to do and not doing engineering because i did engineering and i know what it's like to have that flow chart and not have uh, many opportunities for electives and so i'm looking forward to him being able to explore um, take classes just because they sound interesting and see where that goes in some ways i'm kind of envious that mm. some of the things i'll get to um, just have the freedom to just learn and read and be around mm-hmm. people who are thinking and think well. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm excited um, for him, but we will we'll miss him. He'll definitely be different at home mm-hmm. and at church without him. Mm-hmm. I think I'm both really excited for Brendan for a lot of the reasons Danny said. I think um, there's so many different ways that I could see him growing Mm. Um, in his faith as a person in relationships um, at Westmont and particularly in this um, pro- it's called an Augustinian Scholars Program that he's gotten into mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty excited about that and I'm also super sad yeah, because um, I'll really miss him 
So having him leave home is a really big deal. And mm-hmm. it will fill a huge hole in our family. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a major adjustment for us. Mm-hmm. For all of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you all for coming in and sharing with us and opening your lives to us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Wow, it's super cool to hear about the process of saving for a big expense like college over 15 years. Even though Danny and Cindy didn't think they could save for the entire cost, they did decide how much they could realistically save and then said goodbye to guilt and stuck with it. I love that they adapted along the way when they chose to save less for college and retirement for a while to give more to their church, and then they picked it right back up again when it was right for their family. This question of how much to save or how much will college cost brings us to one really big practical tip they gave us, which is to just apply and then find out the cost to your family, given whatever financial aid, grants, or scholarships might be offered. And another thing that stood out to me was how Brendan thought about spending on what's truly important. For him, if he really wanted to be an engineer, he would have been willing to take out more loans and get a higher paying engineer job out of college to pay those off more quickly. But in his case, he decided that wasn't actually that important to him. And that brings us to another practical tip they offered, which is that when you're thinking about student loans, consider the salary that you'll earn in that first year after you've graduated, since that's the salary you'll be using to pay off loans. Personally, I was inspired by the way Danny and Cindy made space for Brendan to grow in his responsibility, both in his college decision and over practical financial matters like managing his bank account. Even though my kids are still young, I also want to be the kind of parent who helps my kids grow in autonomy too, while still being there for them. Next time, we're going to get to hear from Katie, who will be here to share with us how she saved for the big expense of grad school. In fact, she saved eight months' worth of paychecks in a two-year period. So she'll tell us how she did it, and more importantly, why. Thanks for listening to The Good Budget Way. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe for more and rate it to help other folks find it too. And let us know what you thought of Brendan's family's story on our website at goodbudget.com slash podcast. If they inspired you to budget with a Y, head on over to goodbudget.com to get started with our budget tools and work towards your savings goals. Or look for the Good Budget app on Google Play or the App Store. Happy budgeting!